Let the truth be told. Hi, I am Iria Enachimio. I want to talk about the brand name Nigeria. To use a cliche, let's call a spade a spade. Bad eggs amongst us give all of us a bad name. No matter how great the strides Nigeria and Nigerians make around the world in any discipline, the Yahoo boys at home and abroad destroy Nigeria's reputation across the globe. Exploiting the versatility of the internet, they defraud the gullible, the rich and the poor, and lonely women in search of love and companionship. But let's be clear about one thing. Mostly, they defraud the greedy who desire to reap where they have not sown. Trash prostitution all you like. The truth is that if there were no customers, there would be no prostitutes. Therefore, if you must punish the prostitute, it cannot be justice to spare the customer. These frosters operate because they have a ready market of the greedy. People who cannot see beyond glitter. People who have refused to heed the warning that if it looks too good to be true, what you see is what you get. Still, that's no justification for crime. But greed is a bad thing, a very dangerous thing. It is greed that makes a billionaire a fool in the hands of a dupe. It can turn a powerful man into a puppet in the hands of desperate men. It is greed that makes a man to abdicate his responsibility, his duty of care to his fellow man. It is greed that may make him sacrifice other men in spite of whatever oath he may have taken to protect them. In fact, it is greed that makes the world twirl. Nigeria is an import-oriented nation. Nigeria imports anything and everything. If you have any doubts, go to Ebutemeta in Lagos, where merchants of load machine parts, especially auto bike parts. It's an eyesore. The quantity and quality of junk that may be allowed into Nigeria from India, the Far East, and everywhere. Nuts and bolts picked off alleyways, dead refrigerators, chains, sores, and I dare say, this source they inflict on the psyche. Nigeria even imports the oil that was taken from her wells. Once upon a long time ago, some Nigerian contractors imported even sand in order to defraud the nation, and manure also. Of the animal kind, rumor actually has it that Nigeria also once imported container loads of the nation's currency, of a quality far superior to that from the official mint. What rumor does not tell us, though, is whether or how the contraband was disposed of. Whether it was shared amongst the elite minority of the time or... No, forget that part. I think those who could just lined their pockets with it. You know, for keepsake. <laughs> I know you won't believe that. Why are we import-oriented? Can't Nigeria manufacture her own brands? Nigeria does manufacture our own brands, but not the way you expect. Nigerians are a most misunderstood people. Only a few honest ones amongst her detractors even admit how confounded they are by her genius. She imports merely so that she can invent her very own Made in Nigeria. Don't you understand? You're confused. Maybe you're one of those who say you can't invent the wheel. Well, we can, and we do. Don't you sometimes discover from Nigerian media how some kid in Aba or Shagam has just invented a car or an airplane? You may doubt it, but it happens. You may reinvent the wheel if you will. And think about it. 
How is the claim to have invented a car any different from when you read in the history books that Mongo Park discovered River Niger? A river along whose banks people have lived for centuries, from whose waters people have fished and sustained themselves for centuries, long before Mongo Park. If Mongo Park can discover River Niger, if Christopher Columbus can discover America, why can't a kid from Contagora invent the wheel? Don't be a racist. Nigeria has even reinvented that much-talked-about amorphous system of governance called democracy. In the made-in-Nigeria democracy, the minority votes on behalf of the majority to elect a minority who will chop on behalf of the majority. It's a unique form of democracy. It even enables those who shoot their way into the seat of power and destroy existing pillars of democracy to become the symbols of the people's redemption. Think of Nigeria some years ago. Think of Mali not long ago. They become liberators, the cream of the elite minority, the ones who select representatives in lieu of elections, the ones who chop and appoint their other mouths to chop in despite of the rest of us. Oh, you don't see how that's so unique. Because in the self-acclaimed greater democracies, there are also military brass in Congress and in the executive. That is different, my friend. In the democracies you wish to compare the new invented democracy with, apart from the few who dodge military service, much of the population has served in the military. The military brass you find in government are ex-military officers who come in by the ballot, not the bullet. That's old school. It is not considered honorable to serve in the military of the new democracies. In fact, in the good old days, it used to be that only school dropouts joined the military until it became a shortcut to power. The inner linings of the flowing robes of those who operate Africa's democracies are made of stashed khaki or whatever material senior military officers' uniforms are made of. They may wear the tags and titles of civil society award each other along with their acolytes national honors but for buttons they wear bullets they are the blinking lights of their nation's congress the darkness that flows from the national electric power grid their swagger takes crippled the dominated and serve as looming images of guns in the face of a whimpering judiciary a constant reminder that the leopard will not change its stripes and in the flash of light that often accentuates the darkness in which they envelop their nations, the citizenry catches glimpses of the shadowy ones who would have come in via military misadventure if only they had the guts only a few years ago. Teen soldiers, pretenders who issue ultimatums to presidents, the ones who wear the arrogance of the military but possess the guts of rodents and will scamper into hiding, at the first light of day. You see, they are mostly migrants who run the new democracies. And that's unique, isn't it? Migrants. They often belong to more than one nationality. They are single-mindedly dedicated to themselves. And any time they smell a challenge to their tyranny, they zip up those bags and proceed on vacation to ponder over their investments and to come again another day. <laughs> you don't seem to be impressed. Well... Let's look at the sunny side, the best part of the emerging invention. It has made politics and governance the most lucrative business in Nigeria. 
government becomes not a place for those who serve, but a place for those who are served. Remember the Obama who became America's president? Fine boy, no pimples, as they say in Nigeria. Look at him today. Almost unrecognizable. He has aged. And it is not just because being black he was hassled more than any other American president in history. It is because presidents are elected to serve, and the electorate holds presidents accountable. He served. He was not only held accountable, he was hounded. Nigerian, indeed African presidents and other elected officials don't have to suffer such accountability. Those who come in looking gaunt look fresh and ageless when they have to leave. If they had some money before they came in, their cops are full and running over when they have to leave, if they leave. Apart from their salaries and allowances, they are loads over mammoth constituency projects, which have no regard for state and local government allocations or the revenues that constitutionally accrue to states and local governments from internal sources. They receive fat wardrobe allowances and allowances for servants they do not need to employ. Nigeria police have sometimes been accused of supplying their wives with valets. They may increase their own salaries and allowances while ignoring legitimate agitation for increased minimum wage. Buy SUVs at public expense and sell them off at bargain prices to themselves at intervals. They may even legislate for themselves new quotas of wives if they like. They can purchase their official houses for next to nothing at the end of their terms. And they have reserved seats in the front pews of churches and mosques and the promise that they are guaranteed same in heaven. Who would not put on some fat under such conditions? Some in government are even guaranteed fat pensions and privileges for life. Is American democracy as ingenious as that? If it were, how come the Obamas hunted for a family home when the American president's final term in office was coming to a close? He should have bought the White House. Do you still think we have not invented democracy? You can't be serious. Thanks for listening. And please make sure to subscribe, follow, and share the podcast, Let the Truth Be Told. And join me every two weeks for a brand new episode. Take care and stay safe.